What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And today, uh, I am looking forward to the One Championship uh, and their third outing on Amazon Prime Video over in uh, the US uh, and Canada. Um, they have, as always, a mixed card here with uh, some MMA fights. Some uh, uh, there's a bit of jiu-jitsu on it. There is some very good Muay Thai on it as well. Obviously, I'm going to concentrate here uh, on the uh, on the mixed martial arts, being an MMA reporter, obviously on the MMA website. But um, just to quickly mention, I suppose some of the uh, Muay Thai and, and others that other things that are on this. Before I get into the mixed martial arts, um, you have a lightweight Muay Thai World Championship uh, bout between uh, Klinmi and uh, Regan Ersal here. Um, very interesting one I actually watched their, both of their last fights uh, Papayak against Superlek uh, for the Flyweight Mai Tai World Grand Prix Final <sighs> you know, very very exciting <laughs> the last time out both of them it was one of the ones where you watch both of them and you're thinking oh that's going to be uh, an interesting one when they fought uh, I, I believe they fought in the same car didn't they a couple of months back uh, and now they're back here to, uh, to take each other on uh, in the final you know, obviously no kickboxing expert or Muay Thai expert, but a banger is in sort there, I think, between uh, between those two lads, uh, indeed. Um, then on the, the lead card, there is uh, a bantamweight Muay Thai and a flyweight Muay Thai fight. Uh, Asa Timpao from the United States is taking on uh, Mehdi Tattooed from Algeria. Uh, and Takai uh, Naito is taking on Amir Nasiri at uh, flyweight. Uh, and then there's also a grappling uh, matchup for the lightweight submission grappling world championship that one have uh, and it's uh, Uwali uh, Kurzev uh, against Cade Riotolo. Um I was Cade was on a card a couple of weeks or a couple of months back um you know, I was talking to my uh, my guy Andrew McGahan about it at the time, and he was telling me these uh, Riotolo brothers are uh, are legit and are some of the best uh, guys in the submission grappling world uh, uh, at the moment. So. I'm I'm interested to see it because the last time I, I, do you know what I love as well about these I see the MMA fights I, I I break them down or even if we're watching the UFC or watching Bellator Cage Warriors or whatever and I know them and I've known them for years and maybe I need to be reminded of them and I maybe maybe need to look at the two styles together and see what way the fight is going to go down as I will do here in a few minutes but I come into this kind of not knowing and not knowing what they're going to be like like uh, Mikey Mikey Musumeci uh, and the last one championship card I was like this guy. Is amazing. I, like, I want to see him again, even though I went to the decision. It was ten minutes in the middle of the card. I want to see him again, and I think, uh, I think that's actually like a really kind of cool thing to have for uh, someone who uh, watches a sport and, and obviously covers a sport and is a fan of the sport, like everyone watching here. Where we kind of need to know everything. Now it's harder now it is to know everything than it ever was. But uh, we're we're on Sherdog here, the home of the hardcores, I suppose, and like. Back in the day, if you couldn't tell me the the the, the early fights of Fedor Emelianenko or the exact record of, you know, Rich Franklin or well, I mean, you know, Rich Franklin was a championship. Or Fedor was one of the biggest ever. But you know what I mean? Someone who like you know, I don't know, Carol Parisian or someone like that. You'd be you'd be called a casual. So it's good to like not know a bit and to come into things, I suppose, with that kind of open mind and to see how it goes and to be kind of, I suppose, to be shocked. Like, if you go in and you watch a, you know, a, a Cameron Usman fight and you see this brilliant jab, you're not going to be shocked by it. It's brilliant, but you're not going to be shocked by it. But 
if you don't know it, you can come in and be shocked by it. And I kind of, do you know what? I like that from on Jeopardy, and I like that it gives me that in my uh, in my combat sports watching these days. Because we, do you know, what? we don't get that from any of the other mixed martial arts promotions because obviously they they stick to mixed martial arts. Now we have maybe a little bit with people coming through, maybe that we wouldn't know over. For me, obviously, over in the states, or for maybe people listening to this in the states, the likes, you know, maybe a Paul Hughes or Neen Gary or whoever, you know, Lee Hammond coming through. In Ireland, you might get that. But in general, someone at the top of their game to be kind of an unknown to some people in the combat sports world, I think is is a bit different uh, and, and very good. And I, I really like it. Um, so let's talk about the MMA. And, you know, before we talk about the MMA, obviously John Lineker is, is main eventing this card. And uh, I, I'll get to him last. I'll go from the bottom to the top in terms of the MMA um, uh, action on this card. But one thing I wanted to just speak about on this card, because John Inacar is on it, and he is, you know, one of the big names that One Championship have, I'm very interested to see the tactics of One Championship over the next couple of years, because, you know, I mentioned it on the, on the last preview that Chattery was on the, uh, the mayor with Ariel, and he's even spoken here, uh, I know before, on, on Sherdog and other places, about, his, I suppose, his tactics for getting to one championship to where he wants to get him, you know, spending lots of money and a lot of investment and getting a lot of investment. We talked about on Ariel's show about getting over a billion more, I think, in investment. Um, and I just wonder, and I say with John Indigrant, I wonder which top fighters are, if they will be going after top fighters um, in a kind of, a more obtuse way than they ever have and obtuse is the wrong word but in a more stringent or strong way than they ever have before um, because I actually think there is the ability to get bigger name fighters now more than there ever has been I'll, t- I'll tell you why I don't think Bellator are trying for them as much as they once were um, PFL are but PFL have only a certain amount of places in their cards and I think it there's only a certain amount of places who are willing or able to pay people enough money to entice them away from the UFC as well. And if one championship are that with the amount of investment they are getting or are hope to getting again in, I hope to get again in the future. I wonder would, you know, uh, let's say, I don't know, Dustin Poirier is out of contract in his next fight. Let's say, I'm not sure if he is, he could have a 10 fight contract for online, but let's say he is like, Will to one championship go after him, or even you know someone who's closer to their, you know maybe their, let's say Sean O'Malley. I know he's like he just signed a new contract, but let's say he beats Yan, and he fights his next three fights, and then he's out of contract. Like, will one championship go after him, or will they go after maybe a you know a, I don't know a Derek Lewis, or will they go after a you know a Darren Till, or will they, will they go after some big name people, Nate Diaz? You know, will they try to get them? They've already signed Saldic. That's a very interesting. I think one championship have actually done a, you know, they've done a pretty good job of signing the big names, but not too many. Like we see, I don't know, people know AEW. They signed lots of big names from WWE, and I think they signed too many. Not, uh, to to which point the people like don't like them as much anymore because it's like, oh, it's just WWE. We don't want it to be like, uh, you know, whether you're Bellator. Uh, and you're looking at it from your point of view, you're like, we don't want to be UFC light. One Championship don't want to be UFC light. PFL don't want to be UFC light. And I think PFL have probably done the best job. Now, um, um, PFL have kind of started out that way, and so did Bellator, I suppose, as well. But Bellator changed, I think, when Coker came in. But PFL maybe had an advantage of starting out with maybe not as much money or maybe just putting on, you know, a certain... Uh, 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 you know, a certain 
um, band of fighters, if you want to put it that way, from uh, you know a certain management company or maybe you know we and we see that a lot now. Maybe that's not an unusual thing, or a certain locality even maybe. Um, so I wonder what the one championship uh, way will be over the next few years, and I suppose that's something to find out. But it's also something I just wanted to throw out there, and something maybe we can think about and see when a name comes up. You know, like even like Shane Burgos when he left the UFC uh, recently, like War One Championship for him, in for him, or will they be in for names like that over the next while? I think, I think they've reached a stage now where they have more cards and they have the ability to take a few more people like that. You know, John Lineker was a great one to take because he's such a a, lo- a likable, lovable fan favorite. Demetrius Johnson, the greatest fighter of all time to take, of course. Eddie Alvarez, fan favorite as well. So they've been wise in the people that they actually have taken, uh, and I wonder, uh, I wonder how they will do that in the future. So let's get into some of the fights here. Um, the one of the opening fights uh, of the night is Leah Bivens. Uh, she's taking on Noel uh, Grandjean. Um, Leah was supposed to fight a couple of weeks ago, and I believe her fight fell out. Now I've done my best to find uh, some Leah fights. I even I know she's had three. Um, uh, this is her pro debut so, But she said three I think let me just pull up Her record here And chart again Yeah three fights over On um, The IMAFs Back in 2019 She uh, Won all of them Inside the distance And actually went to one One of my friends Worked for IMAF And I asked him Like Do you have these videos And they're not Apparently they're not there So uh, Yeah there's There's no real footage Of Leah I tried my best I, I looked for all of her fights What I did find was she Apparently does a lot of wrestling uh, Apparently he's like A really good athlete Now Haven't been able to find Too much of her As I said But um, It you know, I, I'm interested. To, to, it's always interesting. I said to see the unknown as well, and it'll be interesting to see what what she's like here. There's you know a bit of hype coming in. You know, being in the IMFs, winning three fights in the IMFs, the, the the level is very very good there. And apparently, her wrestling and grappling is very very good. Uh, Noel Grandjean on the other side. Then I I did manage to wa- watch a couple of horror fights. One of which was kind of a massive. Um, um, uh, I suppose one sided sort of fight. It was outside of one championship. It was in, um, I think it was over in France or somewhere, where she just took down her opponent and uh, and absolutely decimated her on the ground. It was actually in Thailand, sorry, the fight happened. She took her down her opponent and absolutely decimated her on the ground. But she has very good wrestling, very good grappling, judoka as well. Sorry, she's been in some high level uh, judoka matchups and things as well. She's fighting out of France. So it'd be interesting to see. You know, seems like Bivens a very good wrestler, very good grappler. Be interesting maybe to see that grappling uh, tested against someone who's a very good grappler in a different way with the uh, with the judoka. So, uh, like for Bivens, I suppose in her, in her pro debut, Grandjean is a very very good fighter. You know, to be meeting someone I suppose that good in your pro debut, I suppose shows what they think of her. I'm looking forward to seeing the, the coverage that and seeing how she fights and seeing where she goes. So interesting fight to open up the card there. And do you know what's interesting as well that. Um, one championship we're putting on these sort of fights and building people up from, you know, like we saw with Sam Fairtex. Maybe she'd make her debut, but it was one or two fights into her, her career. And I like, I kind of, I kind of like that as well from promotions to build them up from the very, uh, very opening of their careers. Um, the next fight on the card is very interesting. I really like this one. Jeremy Miata against Daniel Williams. Uh, people probably know Daniel Williams, very, very good kickboxer. Uh, he fought Rotang in, um, a, um, was it a Muay Thai or kickboxing match or stand-up match anywhere there recently? Absolute rock'em, sock'em robots uh, fight that was. Um, he's just, Williams is one of those guys that where his hands never stop. He, he just throws shots constantly. 
Um, throws a lot of body kicks as well. They do get him taken down sometimes. Well, I wouldn't say he's the world's best takedown events, but he's very good at getting back up from takedowns. Um, what I really love about uh, Daniel Williams, and anyone who knows me and knows the way I talk about mixed martial arts, will know I love a jab, and I love his jabs. But the way he jabs kind of high and low is so perfect. It's so good. It's really, really good. And I think that's a thing uh, in all fights, but especially in this Miata fight we'll talk about in a second when I when I talk about Miata, that could be um could be very useful for him. Uh last time out I think it was less high kicks, more calf kicks from Williams, which I think is good. Less chance of a takedown, you know. When I say high kicks, I mean high in the leg as well as high on the body. Less chance to take out huge power in that right hand. Uh, and I think he, he, I think he's become, maybe it's because I watched him in, in Muay Thai and then in MMA, but I think he's becoming maybe more bar, boxing orientated. I'd be interested to see maybe someone in the press conference or something I would ask him about that. But it, it, to me, he looked like he's becoming a more boxing orientated fighter in mixed martial arts, which I think is good for him. Takes away that, as I said, the ability to take him down from a leg kick or something like that. So very interesting uh, fighter is Daniel uh, Williams Jeremy Miata then on the other side very tall very very tall moves a lot on the outside I I, I'd, um, I'd compare him a little bit you know it's funny the two people I, I've written down here I know it's Conor McGregor and Dominic Cruz he is very 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 movement oriented on the outside <laughs> fights in the orthodox but switches he races in with combos and he loves that uppercut. And that's the combination, or that, that's the, the shot that I compared him with Conor McGregor, that uppercut. We often saw McGregor landing it, uh, but he throws it so much, and it's really, really, really good. Um, he tr- he, do you know what? His height as well, to, to, his height does two things. Leaves him open for a leg kick, first of all, which I think Daniel Williams, and I said to be throws more of the calf kicks, even though he's becoming more boxing-oriented, I think he will... Uh, target that leg and uh, I would be surprised if the first in the first 10 seconds Daniel Williams doesn't either kick him really hard or knock him down with a leg kick honestly that's my prediction for this fight Daniel Williams to knock Miata down with a leg kick in the opening 15 seconds of this fight Um, but the on, on a an offensive or a positive side of view, the height he throws like this step in head kick. Now you're probably thinking, Sean, what's a step in head kick? But he literally like takes a step to the left and throws his right heel, kind of lifted it like a volley in a game of soccer or something like that. When his opponents are so much smaller than, him, but bend a little bit. And he throws it, he's thrown it a good few times on the fights I watch, and he's really, really good at it, like really good at it. Uh, maybe. Will Williams be open for that? Maybe not. Maybe you won't see it in this fight, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on uh, in this fight, but going forward as well. Uh, Miata's very good takedown defense. I'm not sure he'll need it here. He loves to enter with power. Very little setup. Doesn't really throw jabs. Doesn't really throw leads that much. Um, as I said, loves the uppercut. But the the lack of a setup works very well for him. He's very quick and very, very accurate. But the problem is here, if we, and that's his game, so if we look at the fight in general, is that kind of barreling forward power style going to work against someone as technically good and kickboxing oriented as a Daniel Williams? I find that hard to, to believe, to be honest. Uh, the one thing I would say was, like... How good is Miado on the ground? How I haven't seen much of it, to be honest. I haven't seen much of his takedowns or anything like that. He's more, he is a striker like Williams. I do think this will be a striker matchup. Um, 
And I do think the power of Miata will be a big factor if he can land it. If he can't, you have to say Williams is a technically better all-around striker. And uh, I think, you know, if I was to give a pick there, I would go for Williams. My pick in the first fight, <laughs> I've never seen Bivens, so it's hard to not to pick her. But, you know, I, I'll, go, I'll go for Bivens. Why, why not? Um, the next fight then... Uh, we have uh, Jim Wei Wong against, uh, or sorry, uh, Kim Jae Wong uh, against uh, Shamil Gasanov. Um, Gasanov six submissions from eight wins. Uh, my, my word, I described him here in my notes: twitchy. He's a twitchy, aggressive fighter. Throws lots of kicks. He's a big guillotine, a big overhand right. Loves to shove lads against the cage. Very athletic is the word uh, I would use for him. Um, Everything he does is looking for wrestling. Everything he does is looking for wrestling. And that makes him a fearless puncher. And you know, that, that phrase, fearless puncher, I've been thinking about that since watching his fights over the last couple of days. Um, And, you know... We have Makachev coming up fighting here in the UFC next week. And he is, I think he's more of like a, a tactical puncher, but you see Oliveira is more of a fearless puncher because he's happy enough to get the fight to the ground. Habib was a fearless puncher because he was happy to get inside to get the fight to the ground. That's what I think Gassanov is like. Now, I'm not comparing him to Habib or Oliveira, but I'm comparing him in the, the fearless punching way. And I think that is a very good way of fighting if you're as good a wrestler and as good at getting lads in submissions as Shamil Gassanov is. Very strong on top. Very, very, very strong on top. But good all around and a good, an underrated striker maybe uh, for how good his grappling is. Um, for Kim then, very tight defensively. That's the first thing I notice about him. Um, he likes to push the pace with his footwork. Uh, he knocked out Martin Wynn there a couple of fights ago. His outside leg kick is very good. He's a rapid counterpuncher. Really, really quick. That's how he got to knock out against Wynn. Uh, he, he comes to life in the exchanges. He kind of, uh, when as fast as he is in the counters, he's kind of, He's a little bit slow on the outside, but I think he does that on purpose. He fools you into thinking he's willing to wait on the outside. Um, he loves to throw the right hand into the left counter hook. That's the danger. When you get him in the pocket, it's usually you who starts that, and it's usually him who wins it. Because he throws that right, and he calls it that big left hand inside. He doesn't lead much. He walks into range, and he lets you throw, which is very dangerous. Tankai knocked him out because of that. Um, he's a good clinch, lands from the break. He's strong on top, but would rather get up. So... I think this is a very, very interesting fight if it goes a certain way. Um, if Gasanov is able to go in and take down Kim, it's not going to be very interesting, I don't think. It might be interesting in terms of Gasanov. Like, I, I think if Gasanov does take him down, he's either going to uh, dominate him for the full fight or he's going to finish him with a submission. So it might be interesting in that way, but you know, you know what I mean? Not interesting in terms of... Uh, a good fight between two very, very good fighters. I think it could be a domination if it goes that way. But if it stays on the feet for periods, or not not even stays on the feet, but it is on the feet for periods, I think it's going to be very interesting. Because I talked about Gasanov being a fearless puncher, and Kim is like a fearless counter-puncher. And he literally, like, when I say he lets you walk in, he, like, he's a, he's a fearless puncher as well. He lets you walk into his range and punch him so he can counter you. Like, he literally does that. 
Uh, now maybe he doesn't do it on, <laughs> on purpose in terms of letting you punch him maybe he does let you come into the range maybe I'm sure he doesn't want to take the punch in the face but he, what he does want is to draw the counter uh, from himself draw the, draw the lead so he can counter so he draws you in makes you lead and then he counters you Kazanov would be absolutely happy to lead you know he, that's the way he fights he walks in and if you have a fearless puncher against a fearless counter puncher, by God, that means someone's probably getting hurt there. Now, that is all predicated on Gasanov not being maybe wrestle first, which he can be at times, but a lot of his takedowns are from the, 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 the fearless punching. Uh, very interesting fight. Very, very interesting fight. I, I'll have to go for Gasanov. I just think that wrestling advantage will be an advantage. Although Kim is strong and he's uh, you know good takedown defense and good clinch and all of that, but um yeah and he has the experience and all that. I, but I think Gasanov will uh, will get the win there. Uh, and in the main event, the the bantamweight uh, world championship for for one is on the line. John Lineker against Fabrizio Andrade. Obviously, we know Lineker. I'll talk about him in, in a second. But Andrade, he's a southpaw, big and big and tall. Um, He's a very fast one too, you notice it. Very quick body kicks as well. Kind of a karate stylist. Uh, a lovely kind of switch left hand. Not so much as, not, switch is probably the wrong word, but kind of like a, it's, it, the only thing I can think of as fast as it is a switch, it's like a whip in left hand, but a straight, I, I don't know, like an exocet. It's like, an, it's like a shotgun left hand or something. Come straight down the middle at you. It's so good. Like really, really good for Mandraj. And one very interesting thing as well, and, and we'll get to this in, in a second when I talk about the actual breakdown of the fight, but forward pressure. He loves forward pressure. He's fighting John Lineker, so we'll talk about that in a second, but he can get taken down because of that forward pressure, and I think that could be an interesting thing here as well, but he does get back up very well. Uh, he loves the step in knee. Um, very, very, very confident counter-striker as well. So we've we've a lot of that in this card, I suppose, of confident counter-strikers, uh, and he definitely is one. You know, his opponent, John Lineker, is one as well. You know, we all know John Lineker, I suppose, at this stage, Kind of that slow-paced, methodical again, um, a pressure fighter, holds out that lead hand all the time, throws the outside leg kick, uh, loves the left hook counter, loves the hooking combinations, uh, loves hook to the body, hook to the body, hook to the head, or hook to the body, hook to the head, hook to the body. So good at that. Leaves himself massively open at times, uh, but is willing to take that chance, especially when his opponent is hurt. Now, he doesn't leave himself massively open when his opponent isn't hurt. A lot of the time, though, he does a bit. Um, but when his opponent is hurt, he will go hell for leather. Absolutely hell for leather. And as I said earlier on with the takedowns, sometimes that leads him to land on top. You know, he's just kind of gone forward, there's madness, his opponent kind of falls over and John Lineker lands on top. Or there's a knockdown and his opponent kind of, you know, pulls him in maybe a little bit and he does land on top. He's taken down by Bibiana, uh, but he's usually very wise on the outside, L- likes the guillotine position as well. You know, he was it uh, uh, Cisco Rivera, he, he tapped out with a guillotine, but does that often because he's so strong in his upper body and he's good at holding people in that position but also has the guillotine and is able to finish guys with it so um, it's a very very interesting one now the key to this fight without a shadow of a doubt is that forward pressure 
Both guys want that forward pressure. Both guys want to to push the pace, and not that the forward pressure in itself is going to win it, as we know with, with judging. Uh, but I think both guys are more likely to land what they need to land with the forward pressure. You know, Lineker and Andrade can both counter; they can both land shots and counters. But they want to go forward, like Andrade's body kicks. He needs to go forward to land them the way he wants to land them. To land his left hand, which is absolutely brilliant, he needs to go forward to land it. He needs to stop the takedown by going forward to land it. Now, as I said, John Lineker, I don't think he's going to be double-legging him um, often in this fight. Maybe he'll do it a couple of times. I, I, I actually think he should, but he needs to do all that. Lineker, like, when do you ever see Lineker, like, step back, left hooking a guy, knocking him out? Maybe maybe it's happened once or twice. I can't remember, but he is a guy. We, we You look at John Lineker, if there was a silhouette of John Lineker, he'd be plodding forward motion that's what John Lineker is and he needs that to win I think so it's, it's all down to that whoever can get that forward motion and keep it they'll win the fight and if they can't keep it maybe it's one where one gets forward motion the other gets the forward motion maybe Andrade I think he like he his height and his reach I think he has the openings to fight him a different fight and win it that way I don't think Lineker has now Lineker might need it because if he wins the the, the forward motion game I think he will win the fight uh, <laughs> it's an interesting one I, I would favour Lineker I, I just think that power is going to be too much for Andrade I think he is quick but he's going to be need to be very quick his footwork is going to have to be very good on the outside to stop Lineker cutting off the cage and getting inside and landing those big shots we know in one championship as well, they have the yellow cards and they have the referee who, who loves action, which is great. I'm all, I'm all for that. Uh, and I think that could work against Andrade a little bit and could play into the favour of John Inneker. So, very interesting fight. I'm very much looking forward to it. And uh, as I said, I'll go with Inneker, but I wouldn't be surprised if I if I woke up on, uh, on Sunday morning or Saturday morning, whatever it is, and uh, Andrade had won. So, uh, yeah, I will uh, I will leave it there. I suppose for very exciting uh, mixed martial arts fight fights with some uh, grappling and some striking as well thrown in for uh, for everyone and uh, yeah should be a, should be a good night in the card before as well 165 preview for that out as well check that out please and uh, yeah I'll leave it there uh, my name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com and I'll see you all next time